so wonderful to be back here. Um, it's lovely to see a lot of familiar faces, but if mine isn't familiar to you, my name is Ali, um, and this is my husband, Tim, here. And we had the honor of being here at St. Mary's for a month, um, for the whole month of May. Um, this little vestry back here, this little room was our bedroom for a whole month. <laughs> and so it definitely feels like home being back in this church building. It's wonderful to be with you all. Um, but this morning, Tim and I will be tag teaming a bit as I will share a little bit of an update of what we have been up to since we were last here with you all. And then Tim is going to share a bit more of an encouragement with us from the scriptures. Um, so, yes, to begin, when we were here in May, we were here with a YWAM team uh, doing our DTS, and we were serving here in this community, and um, one thing that really struck us about St. Mary's that we so appreciated and loved was how open your doors are to the community. Um, it felt like every single day this place was a hive of activity with young children in here and the cafe and just um, so many conversations were able to be had. And it's so beautiful to see that in a little corner of London, there's so much activity and so many people hearing about the gospel. And it's such a privilege to be back in the midst of that. Um, when we were also on our DTS, we had the privilege of spending three weeks in the earthquake zone in Turkey. Uh, did anyone, is anyone familiar or remembers hearing on the news about the earthquake that happened in early February? Yes. So I wanted to share some details of that earthquake and I'm going to read it so I don't miss any of the finer details to paint a picture of what was happening on that day in Turkey. Um, and why we were compelled to go back. So on February 6th at 4.17 a.m. in the dead of a winter's night in Turkey, a 7.8 earthquake struck southern and central Turkey. It was then followed by a 7.7 .7 earthquake days after. The death toll of this earthquake stood at over 59,000 confirmed deaths with tens of thousands considered missing or unconfirmed. And over 1.5 million people were left homeless as a result of this devastating situation. When we first entered the earthquake zone in Turkey, we were there for three weeks. And at that point, it was two months since the earthquake had hit. And the place was, it felt like a movie set, like at the end of an Avengers movie where there's just rubble and everything's destroyed. For me, I have been in areas of poverty before, but I've never experienced something like that. For most of the families that we were meeting and hearing their stories, they were middle-class families, just like you and I. They had beautiful homes, um, big TVs, good jobs, good school and education. And in a blink of an eye, literally just going to sleep one night and waking up, they went from having everything to nothing at all. In our time in Turkey in those three weeks, we were literally just serving our hearts out morning and night, every single day, pouring into this community and the desperate need. And while we were there, Tim and I felt so compelled that this wasn't the only time we were meant to be here, but that God was calling us back for longer. And so when we ended up here in London and we were sharing a little bit with you all about what was happening in Turkey 
and that a few of our team were actually feeling called to go back. You as a community ended up um, supporting us and donating to us to be able to go back into Turkey. And so part of this morning is for us to simply say thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to go and serve. And as you hear some of these testimonies and stories, I really want each of you to take this to heart as your portion. Because although we may have been on the grounds in the midst of that situation, none of what we were able to do was unless that, that gift had been received by us. And so as part of the body of Christ, each playing our part, I want to thank you for your contribution to these stories and testimonies. And I really hope it encourages you as you serve Jesus here in East Molesley. So as we headed back into Turkey, we were there for two months serving on the ground. And although it is now, when we were there, it had been six months since the earthquake happened, and although you probably don't really hear anything about it in the news anymore, the situation has not changed and there's still so much need. Many of these families that were homeless from the earthquake are still homeless, still living in tents in 40 degree weather, still without jobs and without any look to the future of having a home or things beginning to get back to normal. They're estimating that things won't return to normal for five to ten years. So it's a long process ahead for them. During our time there, we were working with numerous Christian organizations and serving in the most practical of ways. The base that we were at, which had Christians from all over the world that were living and serving there, we were making meals for over 800 people that were coming through every day who aren't able to provide food for themselves at the moment. We were teaching English to little children who schools haven't opened up yet, so they have all the time in the world to play games and learn new languages. Um, Tim, he'll share a little bit about what he was doing, but the organization we were working with was building a big settlement for 65 families to be able to have a temporary home before they have the hope of a, a new proper home in the future. And so much of our days was spent out in the middle of the heat, looking after and serving this beautiful community. But much of, um, much of Turkey, you may already know this, is very persecuted for Christians. Turkey is considered a closed nation and it is very difficult to share the gospel and in many regions is actually considered illegal. And for us being in this environment, when you're hearing their stories and everything they've been through, the, the, the lack of hope in their faith is so real. For them in their faith, it is seen that, that God actually willed this, that he allowed this devastation to happen. And so for us hearing their stories, hearing all that the lost and no hope for the future was devastating when you know the hope that we have in Christ, no matter what we go through in life. And so we prayed often for opportunities to share the gospel. And although we weren't able to regularly outside of the community, we had a number of young Turkish translators who every single day were at the base translating from Turkish to English for all of us volunteers. Um, these Turkish translators were like in their late teens and spoke fluent Turkish and fluent English and had all the time in the world as school was canceled for them. And they spent day after day serving their own community. 
And these translators, as they were around Christians all the time, they began to get very curious about the Jesus we followed and what we believed. And so one story I want to share with you, and um, this girl, she ended up being one of my highlights of my time in Turkey, was one of my first days back on the ground in Hatay. I was just in the bathroom and got talking to this young Turkish girl who I'll call Emmy. And she started just opening up to me about the depression and anxiety and even suicidal thoughts that she'd been having, particularly since the earthquake. She'd lost four of her best friends and countless others that she knew. And she just didn't know what life was going to look like for her. In that earthquake, it wasn't just homes that were destroyed, but hopes and dreams for the future for most of these people. And I just stood there listening as she poured her heart out and I honestly had no clue what to say. As she was sharing such devastating, her devastating story, I just remember asking the Lord, like, Holy Spirit, help me in this moment. Help me to like be some sort of comfort and support. And at the end of her sharing, again, just clueless of what to say, I just asked, can I pray for you? And she was so eager to receive prayer. And I prayed for her in Jesus' name. And at the end of the prayer, she just began to ask me all these questions about faith. And it just began to strike this amazing relationship where uh, many days she would come and she would bring her little Bible that someone had given her. And she was full of questions about who this man Jesus really is, if he is the Son of God and not a prophet. And Um, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. But every day for these young Turkish translators, as they heard the gospel through us and they began reading the Bible, it was beautiful that they weren't just hearing the words, but every day they were seeing it lived out through the countless Christian volunteers who were there. For a number of Turkish people who actually, through this devastation, have given their lives to Jesus, They said that it was through seeing Christians coming and willing to serve day in and day out that turned their heart to the gospel. Because they said in the midst of that devastation, so many people didn't help us, but the Christians were there and not forcing the gospel, but living it out in everyday service. And for me, I love to share the gospel. I'm with YWAM, so we love telling people about Jesus and like being bold in that. But this has been such a beautiful opportunity of me just settling in my heart that no, it's the Holy Spirit that brings people to himself. And if all I have to do is show up today and live like Jesus and be his hands and feet, I can trust that even in that, he's sowing seeds for his kingdom. I want to finish with one last testimony that again was just so encouraging to my heart and to give you a picture of Um, just the hope that is still happening in such a sad place. And that's of another young boy that I will call Henry. He's 16 years old and in a similar situation to Emmy, just so confused about what life will look like for him now. Uh, When he was in the midst of this confusion, he called out to God and said, would you reveal yourself to me? Would you show me who you really are? And not long after, he got connected to Ramah, the organization we were working with, and began to volunteer with us. And again, similar to Emmy, began to hear stories and testimonies of people, began to hear the gospel, and he realized this was the answer to his prayer. 
He ended up giving his heart to the Lord and is now reading the Bible every day and being discipled amongst the community of volunteers. And it is just beautiful, like when the other Turkish volunteers have questions, he's right there with his Bible, ready to answer and ready to disciple and teach them. It's beautiful to just see the growth that is happening. We were working alongside a number of missionaries who have are from America and different parts of the world who have been serving in Turkey for over 10 years. And they told us that they have never seen fruit for the gospel in Turkey like they're seeing in Hatay at the moment. And it left me with these final words that I wrote down yesterday as I was just meditating on all of this. That it is such a testament that even from the most devastating of situations, Where death sought to win, eternal life is pervading still. And even in the midst of the rubble and the rebuilding that needs to take place, the Holy Spirit is so present there ministering to people's hearts. And I hope that that is such an encouragement to you that as you continue to even pray here, even in the midst of the pain and the the long journey they have ahead, God is moving mightily and will continue to build his church in Turkey. And now I'm going to hand over to Tim, who's going to share a bit more with us. Yeah, thank you, Ali. Even as I hear um, some of the stories again, it just um, amazes me how God has just worked um, so incredibly through such a severe disaster. And um, it does amaze me that um, for something so catastrophic, like as Ali said, walking through, you just can't quite um, picture or understand what it would have been like to be there that particular or a couple of nights that the earthquake happened. But God still, because of his character, is able to use that as something that he can turn around for his glory. And I know personally it's, it's very convicting because we have, we have these things that happen in our lives Um, But we need to believe and trust that God actually can turn things around for his glory. And I think these stories are a beautiful example of um, how he can do that. And we could literally stand here for, you know, half the day, a a day, giving you stories or stories that we've heard about, um, you know, people like uh, Henry and Emmy. um, Because God really is, he's not only building up the city Um, physically but spiritually as well and um, it's been a privilege to be a part of that and so it's great to be here it really is Um, we really like you guys it kind of feels like home for us as we drove in um, and the taxi dropped us off it really did feel like home I think I've spent a month on these floors so it's uh, very um, familiar to me and uh, we really enjoy it here I I still want to tell you a couple of stories as well but I'd I did feel and we felt to um, also encourage you um, about what we've been learning about serving. God's been really speaking to us about uh, how we serve well and the attitude that we have when we serve and also what it looks like when we come back from Turkey. It's, it's easy to um, uh, sink our teeth in or, or get our hands dirty um, in Turkey because there's such a need, but surely the serving doesn't just stop <laughs> You know, we get back to Australia, we put our, we put our feet up. It, it doesn't quite work like that. God is um, definitely speaking to us about how we continue to have this attitude of uh, serving and serving well. 
I know for me, even when I was in Turkey, there were times where I was often thinking like, what is my actual motivation for serving? Like, why are we here? Is it, is it just to help? Is it just because there's a need here and I happen, you know, to have been supported to come here that I'm to help? Um, or is it just because I'm a good person? You know, I'm, I, I see myself morally as a good person. Um, am I helping just because I've got good morals? Uh, or is it, because, is it because God said so? We felt like God said to go back to Turkey. Is that enough motivation for me to go? And as we thought about these questions, it became clear that actually it's deeper than that. Although these things are all true, and of course, listening to God's obedience is important, um, there's a deeper uh, reason, I believe, as to why we are called to serve. So a good place to start is looking at Jesus and the way that he demonstrated of it. And you probably know where I'm going to turn to. So John 13, um, if you've got your Bibles, actually you could follow me. Um, we're going to be in John 13 and then John 15. Um, so John 13 verses 12 to 17, um, which is when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. So I'm going to read and feel free to follow along with me. So 13, 12 to 17. Okay, so when he had washed their feet um, and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then... Uh, sorry, there's so much underlining here. If I then... Uh, if I then your Lord and teacher um, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done for you. Truly, truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed. And if you do them, and if you do, yeah, you are if you do them, sorry. So much underlined in Ali's Bible, it's hard to, it's hard to read. But... Um, reading that passage, it's really clear that Jesus um, was serving his disciples as an example. Um, you know, this is the, the Son of God who's come down in, in human form, who has known no sin, um, and yet his disciples, full of sinners, <laughs> um, he has actually uh, gone down and lowered himself before them and washed um, their feet. And he says that is an example uh, for you and me, and we ought to do the same. And then a bit later in John uh, chapter 15, verses uh, 8 to 15, he says, okay, again, lots of underline, if I'll make do. Um, okay, so from verse 8. Um, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so to prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that somebody lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. 
No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have, all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So I don't know about you, but this is definitely one of my favourite um, scriptures and one of the most encouraging. And it's quite hard to comprehend that um, Jesus, again, who he is, um, is, is calling us our friends and then giving this commandment to love one another. And the bit that gets me is in verse 12 and 13. So he gives us this commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. But then verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that somebody laid down his life for their friends. So Jesus is almost, he's putting the bar and saying, I laid my life down for you. Like, go and do likewise. And, and this is a, the ultimate picture in my eyes of serving. <laughs> serving um, serving is, is so much more than an action. It's actually... Uh, it's something within us that we really desire to do because of love. And Jesus commands us to love one another in serving them, just as he did for us by laying down his life um, for us. And this concept has really uh, captivated us as we have been serving these people in Turkey. To kind of tie those two verses together, um, chapters 13, 14, and 15 Jesus is uh, clearly demonstrating and he says all the way through that I only do what I see my father doing. And so he makes it really clear that um, the reason or the purpose to serve one another is to actually show the characteristics of God. And we really saw that, um, I know, in some of the stories that Ali was sharing, but by the way that we were serving and loving people well and with a good attitude was actually bringing people closer to God and we've got so many stories of um, not deliberately not even going out of our way to share the gospel but just by doing it out of love and out of a motivation and people were drawn to him supernaturally and I mean there's a lot of people in the world that don't know God that do a lot of good things but it doesn't quite carry the same weight as if we know God and we do incredible things for people and we serve there's a supernatural um, thing that's carried and is actually drawing people closer to God when we do that. Um, and that struck home to me. And I've got a couple of stories that kind of um, highlight that. So we kind of, uh, yeah, we, we know what it looks like now that Jesus commanded us to love and to serve. Um, but sometimes our motivation can be off. And I know for me, I was, um, I was doing a lot of building. So I was working in 40 degree heat. I'm an engineer. I'm supposed to be in the office, but I was out there building, <laughs> trying to figure it out. And it was hot. Like it was, yeah, about 40 degrees. Um, sometimes we didn't bring enough water and you'd just be sweating it all out and it was exhausting. And then you'd come home You'd eat a meal and occasionally we went back out there and it was it was quite a um it was quite tiring for me personally um and i really had to check my motivation like why why am i um why am i doing what i'm doing and i can remember i'd just been at a long day of work and i think i was helping uh helping in the uh serving lines for the food so the way that it worked was 
um, at 12 o'clock and about 5 o'clock, all the people that were near our local community where our base was, they still don't have kitchens or anything to be able to cook food. So we cook, I think they were giving about 1,000 meals a day. Um, we give meals and uh, bread out to people and they all form this big line and then they, they file through and we give them a meal and we, we mingle with them. And I can remember being on bread duty, which I was told to watch out because they love bread. Ekmek is bread in Turkish, and that's all you would hear, ekmek, ekmek. And it, it was really good at the start. You would you'd be able to give bread to these people. But I can remember this one particular day, because they, they're all quite desperate because they don't have much. So when you're giving them food, they want more. And we were told just one piece of bread. And I gave this lady one piece of bread, and she was just trying to snatch it away from me um, after I, like she was tr grabbing in the basket and trying to grab more pieces of bread and I was thinking like what is she doing and I'm, I'm like trying to grab it back off her and and then anyway I, I won eventually and then I saw her go to the back of the line and then I lost her and then I'm giving out bread and I see this hand come behind me and she snuck behind me and she's she's stealing bread out of the basket and I was thinking what is she doing like my instinct was was frustration, and she actually became a bit of the uh, the trouble, the a bit of trouble in the at meal time because she was constantly stealing bread, and it felt like she was she was uh, gaining gaining people on her side that were also stealing bread. But it actually became to frustrate me, and I was and I was just like, this is frustrating me. Like I know that she's desperate, but she also needs to see that other people need bread. Anyway, I remember, I think it was Ali that was having a conversation with this lady. Um, her name was Diamond, that translates to, um, in, on the Translate app, because we couldn't speak the language. And it turns out she uh, had her whole family with her in the time of the earthquake, and she lost her, uh, was it her husband? So she lost her husband, her mum and her dad, her brother, pretty much all her family. She was literally by herself. This is like an elderly lady that had everything, had, had a family, um, and then it was completely gone in a minute. That's how long the earthquake took. And it was gone. And, and hearing a bit of her story like deeply convicted me <laughs> because like, who am I? Who am I to to even try and understand what she's gone through. And actually that was a real turning point because when I started to really uh, honor her for who she was, there was something that changed supernaturally. She, her and I became like best friends. Like we had this, we had this bit of an agreement that at the end she would wait patiently and then I would find some bread and sneak some bread to her so other people didn't, didn't see. And, and we kind of had this uh, this real beautiful relationship to the point where, where when we actually left, she was just distraught that we were leaving. Like it was very, she was probably one of the hardest people to leave, I think. And um, she said she'd come and visit us in Australia, so who knows? <laughs> but you know, she was just really captivated by us. And I think it wasn't until I really respected her and understood her story that I really um, that something really changed. And that's kind of what I want to leave you guys with. To serve well, we need to be able to honour people well. Um, and there's this quote that uh, Ali found that I just think is 
unbelievable. If we knew people's stories beforehand, we wouldn't shake people's hands, but we would kneel before them. And I think that's kind of what I felt like with not just Diamond, but all these Turkish people that we met. Some of them had lost, you know, 20, 30, 40 people that they'd known, and yet they were still um, keeping on the course and, and willing to fight life. And to me, I wanted to kneel before them and honour them as best I could. And as I did that, I, we felt this supernatural pull for them to be drawn towards God. And I think Ali was actually able to pray for that particular lady. And we're believing that God's going to pursue her in dreams. A lot of people in Muslim backgrounds get pursued by really vivid dreams. And so that's what we're believing for, um, for people like her. So... Uh, what does it look like for us? <laughs> so obviously Jesus is the ultimate example um, in serving and loving and has called us to do the same, that we might be an example to others, showing the character of God. It can look like anything, but I would say the ultimate requirement is to actually seek to honour and understand who people are. And then it's amazing how our posture towards them changes when we, when we go to serve. So I want you guys to think as we um, start to wrap up, um, do you know people's stories around you? Like we all live with neighbours around us. Do we know people's stories? Do we actually spend the time to understand who people are? I know in, when I'm back home in Australia, it's so easy to just walk past somebody or it's so easy to have a neighbour and not actually take the time to understand what they've been through or you know what their story is and then once I know and once I figure out and my learnings from Turkey is that once I do know this the way that I view them is different and the way that I want to serve them is different um, and also uh, do you feel like you serve the people around you well and and if not I would encourage you to be asking God to give you a heart to be serving other people well. I know when we go back home to Australia, that's going to be our prayer is we don't just want to stop serving where the need is obvious. We want to be serving where, um, where maybe the need is not so obvious and, and our neighbours and our people around us. So let me, let me pray and ask God to really highlight um, people for us and to give us the strength to do that well.